This is Naked Comedy, and this week our guest is Steve Ag. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. I'm uh, sitting in my house, um, avoiding the swine flu. <laughs> I was just about to say, <laughs> are you freaked out at all? Yeah, I'm freaked out because I'm a huge hypochondriac, and uh, <laughs> even though, even and my dad's a doctor and my mom's a nurse, which I think is why I'm a hypochondriac, <laughs> just because I was around you know, discussions of sickness all my life and, <laughs> and medical journals and everything. So I, I'm just hyper aware of all this stuff. And even though I, I, I know it'll, I'm going to be fine, I, <laughs> I still am obsessed and I sit watching CNN all day for these <laughs> flu updates and I follow them on Twitter. And <laughs> it's ridiculous. I know what you mean. I, I'm already a hypochondriac as it is. Like, if I get sick, I get really sick, so I'm always taking as much vitamin C as I can, but, yeah. you know, found out that I can't drink the emergencies, and I'm freaking out because I don't have that option. And Wait, it's like, why, why can't you drink emergencies? I don't Every time I drink it, I get really sick. Like, not, like, like sick sick, but just I have a stomach ache, and I don't know, like, they, I was talking to somebody that said you can, you know, the other stuff that's in there, maybe it's too many vitamins. Like, I don't know, I... I already take more vitamins than one human needs I to have take. That, I have that problem with uh, not emergency, but with just regular vitamins because I tend to take them on empty stomachs, and, mm. the, and that really makes me sick. So just that whole uh, knowing that I might feel nauseous <laughs> keeps me from taking vitamins. <laughs> but I'm fine with emergency. I love emergency. It's, I mean, if it works for you, if it works for you. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep taking vitamin C pills by by the barrel. <laughs> what about, um, what's the other one, Airborne? I've never tried Airborne because it's like $7 a, a tube or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I took it um, once when I when I was flying to um, some show thingy. But other than that, I try, to, I try to reserve that for like ultimate confined space yeah <laughs> don't have to go anywhere so um so what are how is it following the swine flu on twitter because you're a big twitter person so yeah. are you always a new like do you follow the news on twitter usually or is it just because of i didn't this? start following the news until the swine <laughs> flu. i uh i was watching um cnn and uh it was really odd to hear wolf blitzer or whoever saying you know they're talking about this horrible pandemic and, and then hearing them in the same sentence say for more information follow us on twitter <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous but uh i immediately followed them on twitter <laughs> i'm just waiting for the newspaper headline that says cnn tweets thousandth death or something like that like something horrible but with tweet before it i don't know i'm kind of looking forward to it in well, a morbid way <laughs> i woke up this morning and went on online and uh went to um cnn.com and it like the swine flu wasn't the major headline the major headline was about a this republican who switched to to the democratic party and then there were some other things above the swine flu and i was like oh it must be getting better and um so i was like happy all morning and then i turned on my tv and turned to cnn just as i turned on uh wolf blitzer came on the air and said absolute quote he said the CDC is warning Americans to brace for death. <laughs> I was wow. like, oh, man, are you kidding me now? 
Oh, really? That just ruined my day. Brace for death. Nothing could sound more ominous. <laughs> I don't know. I, my hope is that it's going to be like like the California wildfires. Like, ha- wherever I happen to be, they're always like, you know, 20, 30 miles, like, downwind. So you just, like, get close enough that you freak out and you pack out your stuff. You pack yeah. up your stuff. But nothing quite happens. So I'm really hoping that that's... The swine flu, you know, is going to just, like, kind of tornado up into the sky and just disappear right before it gets to Orange County, L.A. area. Yeah, and it's been, I, don't, I don't understand why it's been so brutal in Mexico, and, like, no one's really died in America yet, and it's just basically like the regular flu, and and I don't know why I'm so freaked out, <laughs> and then I'm saying brace for death, it's just like, really, you want to put that in Americans' heads, brace for death? Brace for death, because it's coming for you. Oh, oh, I wish I wouldn't have turned my TV on today. <laughs> we'll just grab some OJ, not from Mexico. And, I uh... quoted that on on Twitter. I said, I can't believe I just heard Wolf Blitzer say, brace for death. <laughs> and like five minutes later, <laughs> Diablo Cody sent me a private message on Twitter saying, are you really freaked out about this? Because it's really going to be fine. <laughs> Well, like, I the only, I actually didn't know about the swine flu tiles up in Portland. Like, after, you know, flying on the plane, like, shaking hands with everybody, like, all this stuff, I, I run into Duncan, and he's like, hey, what's up, Sam? Have some hand sanitizer. I was like, why? He's like, don't you know about the swine flu? I was like, what's the swine flu? He's like, look it up when you get back. And then I'm just like... Yeah. I, I just started freaking out. Oh. Why would he even say look it up when you get back? He should be like, look it up right now and <laughs> brace yourself for death. I know. I was, I was behind on it. Luckily... I don't know. I'm doing okay right now. Everybody around me is sick, but hopefully just with a normal flu. I just... Fingers crossed. Yeah, and, and the the worst time of year for me, hypo, hypochondriac, hypochondriacally speaking, <laughs> if that's even a word, is flu season. That's when I'm the most paranoid and, like, I stay in and I don't go out as Do much. Do you get the flu shots? I get the flu shots, and I never get the flu. <laughs> I never get it yet. I'm still obsessed about it, and then and I follow... I I follow Google has a site called flutrends.org and it just kind of charts the rise like with a bar graph of the flu and you know and now it's like going down and flu season is basically over and I really just started coming out of my shell and going out to more shows and doing more shows and <laughs> and now the swine flu and they're mm-hmm. like it could be like 18 to 24 months of this <laughs> what <laughs> 2 I mean- years Hopefully there's no more calls of brace yourself for death cuz then I don't know I figure I figure like when the next big story comes if they put the swine flu aside then we can just assume that like it was bad but it wasn't nearly as bad as they made it out to be but like we need something else big to happen to test it to see like how like how serious is this really like is it a ratings thing like is it a twitter we need more followers thing or is it like actually we're in danger thing could be either one. Horrible. And the last, and like, I guess the real big pandemic was like in 1918, there was like a swine flu or a bird flu that like killed 15 million people. Well, we just had, didn't we just have bird flu like a few years ago? Yeah, the avian flu and SARS a few years ago, but those turned out to like just be more hype than than drama because they really contained them very fast and they didn't spread worldwide. I mean, I'm hoping, I guess I'm just still hoping that that's, that's going to be the case, you know what I mean? Like, that that's how it's going to turn out with this, but 
I mean, fingers crossed. That's all we can do. Moving yeah. on to, uh, to happier. <laughs> do a whole interview about <laughs> us being terrified to go out in public because of getting sick. Talk about our different hypochondriac ways of uh, dealing with the fear. I'm going to get a stomachache. Poor me. I'm going to be sick for three days. Just, oh, no. Just grab a, just grab a Snuggie. It'll, it'll protect you from the world, and then you can get out yeah. with pride. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. Um, for people who don't know you as... The, as a hypochondriac, they also might know you as Steve from yep. the Sarah Silverman show. Do you yep. like that segue? That's me. <laughs> Where did you, what's with the name Myron, Steve Myron? Is it just like, you guys were like, what What last names can we think of? I don't, you know, I don't know where that name came from, and I didn't even know my last name on the show was Myron until I think the second season. <laughs> I don't think they gave us, I don't think they gave Brian and I last names until... It's like it's not said on the show. I was when I was looking in your Wikipedia, there was like his name is Steve Myron on the Sarah Silverman show, and he plays the gay lover of Brian. It's like Spakowski. Spakowski. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think they just gave the last names for reference, and I think, I know Brian's name's last name's been said once or twice on the show. Mm-hmm. I, and I yeah, I can't think of any instances where my last name has been said. Maybe in the upcoming season. Are you excited? Mm-hmm. Have you guys shot it yet? No, we uh, they're writing the third season right now, and uh, we start shooting in July, and we'll probably shoot through October, and then uh, it'll start airing in January of next year. <laughs> Very cool. And yeah. what is it? Who is it that came to save? Because uh, you guys weren't going to have a third season for a while, right? Like, uh-huh. uh, I I. Before it was taken off, I read the AST post you made yeah. about it's over, it's over, they yeah. let us out, and then like what was it? Ten minutes later, like everyone uh, got mad at me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was told that uh, this was when they were still in negotiations to get the third season back up and going, and there were budget issues because I because mean, everyone's kind of in the dumper right now with yeah. the uh, you know yeah. the financial problems in this country, but um, so that. Sarah and the producers have been trying to work out a budget, you know, a way to cut the budget back for like a month. And then, and then I was told by someone like on a Friday morning that, uh, Hey man, the show's looks like it's over. And, (laughs) and I was like, are you serious? Like a hundred percent sure. And they're like, yeah. And so I immediately went online and and sent out a Twitter just saying, I'm bummed. There's not going to be a third season. And then uh, someone posted it on the specialthing.com and some other websites got hold of that. And then within an hour, I think someone from Comedy Central sent me an email going, you got to take that down, that's not true. <laughs> and, um, and so then, uh, you know, people from some of the writers and producers were <laughs> emailing me saying, what the hell is wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm just writing, repeating what I was told. And then... Um, over the weekend, uh, over that weekend, um, the Logo Network uh, had gotten together with Comedy Central and said, you know, we'll pick up the slack from the money that you wanted to cut out of the budget, you know, so they don't have to cut the budget. Oh, awesome. So they partnered, Comedy Central and Logo have partnered together to uh, produce the show this season. And um, I think with the stipulation that the the episodes will also be airing on Logo, I think, like a week or two later. Oh, cool. So, yeah, they saved the day. 
Yay, and they get to, it's going to be on more channels, so that's always good. Yeah. And so the so logo they're they're supportive of you guys and your um your role as the two straight gay, gay guys. <laughs> yeah, well, the entire gay community, you know, I've had nothing but positive feedback and um we were nominated last year for a, a GLAAD award and um which we lost to Ugly Betty, but <laughs> uh it it was an honor just to be nominated, and uh, but yeah, Logo, uh, you know, I think loves the fact that there's you know a, a portrayal of a gay couple on TV that's not stereotypical, you know, yeah. which we are far from stereotypical <laughs> on that show. That's definitely true. Yeah, I think one of my uh, my favorite thing scenes or episodes between you and Brian was the one where you had like a farting jar (laughs) like and you guys have a bunch of things like your couple does a lot of really like gross things but like some of them are true like the is it true that you really did throw out your back on the toilet once yeah i mean a lot of the stuff from basically those two characters of me and brian they sarah wrote those characters for us with us in mind brian and myself um you know, they didn't audition other actors. They knew they were writing for us. And, and so a lot of things you see in the show are taken either from stuff that happened to me or Brian or, you know, some of the writers. Um, but, yeah, I I threw my back out on the toilet a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, not as badly as it was portrayed on the show. <laughs> but, you know, it was one of those things where you just sit down and all of a sudden your back is out of you know, mm. out of alignment, and um, I just happened to be on the toilet when that oh. happened. And so they wrote that into an episode, and then stuff like, you know, the the dot nose episode <laughs> uh, from last season where I have the dot on my nose and don't know it the whole day, that actually happened to the uh, uh, head writer on our show. <laughs> and he went into the writer's room, and he had a, a dot on his <laughs> on his nose, and people were making fun of it and he had no idea the whole day and then he went to go to the bathroom and he looked in the mirror and was just like oh my god <laughs> but like all sorts of you know another thing that happened was when sarah peed in the pringles can there was like a flashback in one of the episodes where she she's with brian in, in an alley and she's like hey you want you want to hear some sweet acoustics and then she empties out a pringle can and pees into it that um that really happened, but that it was me that was with her instead of Brian. <laughs> we were in her apartment and just completely bored. And she peed into a Pringles can, and we were laughing so hard at how loud it sounded. We were in te- like that laughing where no noise is coming out of your mouth and your tears are running down your face. And um, she she's peed into I, she's also peed into a Ziploc bag in front of me and. <laughs> At her old apartment, she peed into a Ziploc bag and then and then zipped it shut and stuck it in the freezer. And as far as I know, like she's moved, and as far as I know, she never took it out of the freezer. <laughs> so either the landlords or <laughs> the new tenants came in and were like, "Did someone freezing lemonade? I don't understand what's going on here." Hopefully, it doesn't show up on eBay one day. That'd be a little a little creepy. <laughs> Sarah Silverman's frozen urine. <laughs> I think that's what one thing that I I love about the show is that you can tell that like everybody that's involved in it is like family. Like it's yeah. definitely one of those shows where you don't just bring in some random actor. Even the smallest bit part is like yeah. somebody cool. Like I think there was once 
I think like the second season or something where um she or Sarah and Brian are just getting high all day and she yeah. goes and like thanks the the cook like yeah that was, yeah 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 I was just like, I love that guy I love that guy so much and I was so happy that he was in that little role but well it was really it's one of those rare occurrences where the person creating the show gets to create a show and write it for her friends you know she cast her sister and like Brian and Jay who she knew from Mr. Show her days on Mr. Show and then me who she met through a random friend like 10 years ago and <laughs> and, it, and it's just not the cast it's like the writers we've all known each other for forever mm-hmm. and uh, you know the, the director and I mean it's just amazing like a lot of the crew worked on her movie Jesus is Magic way before the show so mm-hmm. it's like it's an amazing it's just one of those rare lucky instances and it's like my first real acting gig so I'm I feel so lucky and I know it's just <laughs> you know eventually when the show does go off the air I'm going to be really bummed out to you know hopefully <laughs> get other acting gigs but you know when I do just go into these weird situations with people that I don't know yeah so how did you how did you get to this place like to this point where you're you're how did you come to LA and start doing did you start doing stand up and that's how you like got into TV or like how did it work out for you it was a weird weird turn of events where i i was going to to college and i was an art major in college i was studying painting i was you know just doing weird abstract painting and uh playing in a band at the same time and <clears throat> and i've always loved stand up in fact the first uh uh i can't say cd's because it was cassettes and <laughs> record albums uh, the first, like, albums I bought when I was a kid, you know, like when I was, like, in sixth grade were, like, all my friends were getting whatever music they were getting, and I was buying George Carlin and mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy, and I was just really into stand-up, and I would listen to Dr. Demento every Sunday, and, and so I tried stand-up, a few open mics, you know, now and then through college, but I... I Coming from a family of like doctors and business people, I I, I didn't know how to go about getting into the uh, entertainment industry, and so I just kind of stopped doing even trying stand up and and focus more on being in a band, and that's what brought me to L.A. And I only grew up an hour away from L.A., so it wasn't like this this romantic story <laughs> of me packing up and leaving my family and driving across country. I, I drove an hour and I was in Los Angeles, but. I came here to pursue, you know, music with my band, and within months that fell apart. And then I, I played in a few other bands, and um, and I started dating this girl who was taking uh, improv and sketch classes at the Groundlings Theater in Hollywood. And uh, I went to a show with her, and was just like, "Wow, man, that looks really fun. I think I'm going to try." <laughs> just for no reason other than I would go to these shows with her. I was like. That looks like way more fun than, you know, rehearsing with a band once a week and then, you know, making coffee at Starbucks the rest of my time. <laughs> so I, uh, I started taking classes at the Groundlings and I was there for about four years. And and then I, I kind of just paid my way, you know, my rent and everything in, in Los Angeles here by working in reality TV. I worked in every show you can imagine from like the Osbournes to real world road rules, temptation <laughs> Island, Joe millionaire. And, um, 
<laughs> it was just miserable working in reality shows. And then I just happened to do a play that one of Sarah's best friends, this guy Dave Juskow, who was a comedian in New York, he came out here to L.A. to do this play, and a friend of mine recommended me because I could play guitar, and the guy had to play guitar in the play. And This is just such a long story, basically, about how I met Sarah and ended up on the show. <laughs> but Sarah came to the show one night, and we just started talking and totally hit it off. And uh, I've been like, you know, she's been one of my best friends for almost 10 years. That's and I work a lot because of her. <laughs> she got me work, working on, you know, Jimmy Kimmel and uh, where I eventually became a writer. And then I left his show to do a Sarah Silverman program. That's awesome. I, I, I just really love the story just because, like, I think a lot of um, the younger kind of aspiring comedians can, you know, relate to that, especially people who are in college, you know, college yeah. radio station people listening because, like, it is it is hard to do both like if you're trying to be a student you know so many people drop out to to do it yeah. and like the fact you didn't drop out but you kind of you found it later on like i just i personally think that's really cool <laughs> well yeah it's it's weird I, and i mean i never know what to say when people like people will email me and stuff on, you know through my website or through myspace or facebook and ask me stuff like you know how you know how, what advice would you give and I'm like i really don't I, mm-hmm. I i don't know what to say as far as advice because i didn't follow you know your average path of like of like i knew as a kid i wanted to be an actor and a comedian and I, I never, you know what, I was just a kid who, like, <laughs> I knew what I didn't want to do. I knew I didn't want to be a businessman. I didn't want to sell things. I didn't want to be a doctor. Um, I, I love the arts, and, I, you know, I kind of dabbled in all of, <laughs> all of the arts until I, I kind of found my way into this. And and I, most people I know who are in, the, in this business never really had have kind of the same experiences, you know, but Sarah always wanted to be a comedian, but she did it for a long time. I don't know really anybody that like, just I'm going to move to Hollywood and be an actor. And then within, you know, months was an actor. Everybody I know it's took years and years. You know, I, I was in LA since 95 and Sarah's show didn't start till 2000, I think 2006. So it's like 10 years of, like really struggling and having very, you know, low paying jobs and horrible roommates. <laughs> well, but really... my only advice would be just to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really glad that you have found a place where like people can see you because I really like your your stand up and your acting. Like I just think you're a really cool person to Thanks. be performing, and I'm Thank glad you. that you have a place to do that. Me too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so your stand-up, but your, right, so how long have you been doing your stand-up, um, routine? Cause I've seen you do it a few times, but yeah. you're not, you have, are you like still getting into it? Or are you like, what's your still, deal with it? Yeah. Still trying to find my voice. Um, once I got to LA and after I'd met Sarah, I hadn't done stand-up in years. And uh, Sarah's sister, Laura, was doing stand-up, and she booked a room, uh, a show at a place called the Martini Lounge, which which doesn't exist anymore. It was on Melrose and Larchmont. And uh, 
and that and that kind of opened up the door for me to start doing stand up again. You know, just as a friend, she would let me do you know five to ten minute sets in these shows, and I was horrible. I mean, like, um, like horrible. Like, <laughs> I don't even remember my jokes. I just remember going, I don't know why I'm doing this. This is ridiculous. And um, and then she stopped doing that room, and so I stopped doing stand up again, and. Uh, I didn't really start pursuing it hardcore until Sarah's show because it kind of opened up a door for me to like, oh, you're on Sarah Silverman? Okay, here, do our show. And Which I, I've always seriously felt kind of guilty about. Like, <laughs> I know so many people that like have done all the open mics and you know just like regularly for years and like every night have been out there in the clubs and... And then uh, I just kind of, this door opened, and I, I took advantage of it. And I think I would have been stupid not to take advantage of it. But um, so it's been about three years, three, maybe four, that I've been doing it regularly. And even if I look at some of the stuff I was doing a year ago, it really gives me, <laughs> it, it just makes me sick. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that stuff. It's horrible. And, and then... Um, the two people that have really kind of inspired me and and kind of steered me into where I think I'm going is uh, Louis C.K. and uh, Janine Garofalo. Louis more just from watching him and just like watching this guy on stage being absolutely as honest as someone can be as a comedian. Like the stuff he says about his family and mm-hmm. like he's not doing punch set up and punchlines. Like he's just out there like talking and it's so real and. Uh, I think that's just been so inspiring to me. And then uh, also I met Janine a couple of years ago at Largo. And uh, we hung. she was out here shooting 24. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's how I met her. She was, because she's from New York, but she was living in L.A. shooting 24. And uh, we would hang out a bunch. And she would just give me the best advice of just be honest. You know, don't force jokes. Don't force, you know, just don't force it. Just be honest. Talk about what you know. And uh, it made such a huge difference. You know? <laughs> and I'm still tr- figuring it out, you know. I don't think I'm ever going to be, like, one of those road comedian types, you know. If if shows, spots open up for me around town, I'll take them. But I, I really just, I'm more comfortable <laughs> acting and being a goofball in front of a camera. I got to say, there were a lot of people, I don't want to make you feel bad, but there were a lot of people at Ridgetown that were missing you. They were uh, like, where's Steve? Why isn't Steve here? Yeah. Steve financial, reason, financial reasons were the main thing that kept me. That and, like, my truck broke down, like, days mm. before I was supposed to drive up there. You were going to drive all the way up? I was going to drive because I have family, you know, in Eugene, uh, Oregon, mm. and, and friends in San Francisco. And so I was going to kind of make a road trip of it. And uh, I never for once, you know, was like, I'm going to fly, it'll be quick. I was just like, ah, you know, I, I haven't gotten out of town in a while. And so just days before, my, my truck broke down and I had to uh, get it fixed, which basically bled me dry financially. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I can't afford a plane ticket. And, uh, you know, I can pick up some some jobs here in L.A. over the weekend that will give me some money and, uh, it's the second year I was supposed to do it last year too, the first year. But I think 
I had to cancel on it, and I think it was because we were starting up on Sarah's show. Mm. So this is the second year I've missed out on it, and I've just I followed everyone's updates and and just been so bummed out because <laughs> I love Portland so much. Well, you got Bridgetown t- O ten ten, yeah. <laughs> o ten. <010. laughs> It's technically O ten. I guess. <laughs> I've said that too. I've said oh, I said O ten to somebody a couple weeks ago, and it's I kind of like the sound correct. of that. It's logistically correct. It's two O one O, so it's O ten. <laughs> oh, you're right. I haven't. I didn't even think it. It just sounds weird. I, but I love the sound of it. Well, O-10. now you can say it in confidence that it is actually correct. But uh, okay, so I want to talk to you. A little bit now about some of the web stuff you've been doing and are sure. doing. Sure. Um, so I think it was like a, a few months ago you did the AG5 5K. That was uh, about a week and a half ago. <laughs> okay, a week and a half ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I, uh, I'll edit that. <laughs> no, that's fine. It, believe me, it seems like a long time ago to me too. <laughs> but how did that? How did that go over? I know that it it started as like a competition to see how many people you could get, and then you got you wanted five thousand at least, and then you got like seven thousand, near yeah. eight thousand, yeah. and then you you read the names of every Twitter follower you have over the course of, like, five different (laughs) video feeds. One of the (laughs) biggest mistakes I've made of 09 was request, basically sending out a challenge on Twitter that if, and it all started basically when Sarah signed up for Twitter, um, within like 24 hours she had 5,000 followers (laughs) and I had been on this thing for like six or seven months had roughly 2,000 followers and like it wasn't on the incline for me it was just (laughs) leveled off at 2,000 and so I was you know kind of secretly like jealous (laughs) and so I sent out it was like a Monday I, I was like I sent out a Twitter saying Listen, if I can get 5,000 followers by Friday, I will 5,000 or more, I will read every one of my followers' names in a video blog. And honestly, I didn't think it would happen. Mm-hmm. And for the next two day, two or three days, actually to like Wednesday, it was barely going up. And I was like, oh, there's no way it's going to happen, which is good because a friend of mine did some tabulation and some calculation and figured out that for me to read 5,000 names would take me about four hours. <laughs> and I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I, I, I kind of hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> and, so, and the closer it got to Friday, the less I started talking about it on the <laughs> Internet because I didn't want people to start <laughs> making it happen. And uh, then uh, this guy, the director, James Gunn, like he sent out a Twitter about it and my numbers started going up, and I was like, oh, my God. And Doug Benson sent out a Twitter, and the numbers started going up, and I was like, oh, my God, it might happen. <laughs> and so then I stopped talking about it altogether because I was not going to promote this anymore. <laughs> and then Rain Wilson heard about it and sent out a Twitter, and he's got half a million followers. Wow. And, within, and I walked away from my computer, and within 20 minutes, I had gained, like, almost 2,000 more followers <laughs> in 20 minutes. And that, you know, I was way over 5,000. And so by <laughs> Friday at midnight, I had almost 8,000 followers. And, wow. and so the next day, I was like, I just got to get this out of the way. 
So I found a website, this place called Ustream.tv or whatever, mm -hmm. that hosts, you know, streaming video. I was like, well, this is the only way I'm going to be able to do it because I, you know, mini DV tapes only hold like an hour of footage. It's going to take me a day. Yeah. And so I just set up my camera, got a little, you know, website to do it, and uh, I just started reading names. <laughs> Literally six hours it took me to read 7,700 names. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out. Like, I, I found it. I don't even know how I searched it. Like, cause Saturdays, or not Saturdays, uh, the... AG5K, I went on your, your website, and there was one video, yeah. and then there was, like, six different videos with it. I was like, well, which one is it? And then I was like, oh, they're all it. It's all, it was all, because it was weird since it was streaming every now and then, it would just kind of, the stream would break, <laughs> and so it would just start a new video, like, right where it left off, so... I really did do it in one streaming video, but it would it kind of chopped itself up into, I think, 11 different <laughs> video pieces, but they're all on that Ustream site. <laughs> so has anybody given you any, any tweet responses or anything like that? Uh, the general responses were awesome. Everyone was like, I can't believe you did that. I, <laughs> I can't believe you. And the biggest shock to me, besides the fact that I actually did it, was that people <laughs> watched the whole thing. Like... There was always at least like 500 people in the chat room talking and watching me just sit and read names. <laughs> and it wasn't like I was reading name names, you know, like John Smith, Patty Johnson. It was like reading vanity plates because people just put weird, <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll shorten names by taking out the vowels and putting in numbers. <laughs> and so it was really hard for me to get a rhythm, you know, and like just start reading names because I would have to stop and figure out what they said. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was watching one of the videos. I'm not sure what order it is in. No, don't kill me, anyone. But yeah. um, you had, like, a, a girl with you, and I I had it on the background, and I was checking it occasionally, and then once I, I checked, and she was just kind of, like, gone. Like, she just left. I was just like, oh, <laughs> I don't even know people how long it's been going People on. came and went, which helped me a lot, you know. Uh, my <laughs> friend Robin just showed up, like, half an hour into it, which I'm glad because... I started burning out within like 20 <laughs> minutes. I was like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And <laughs> she showed up and started just goofing around. And then my friend Rich Fulcher showed up. And and then James Gunn and his girlfriend, Tara Naomi. And Rain Wilson phoned in on the phone. And uh, Sarah called in. And it ended up being pr pretty funny for just a guy reading names. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty impressive, though. You can say that you did that. With and that's your second Twitter account, right? Because your first one got exploded or something. Well, no, that's my first Twitter account. I I had signed up for Twitter and was fine for a couple months, and then one day I just went to sign on to Twitter, and my account was gone. Like it didn't exist anymore, <laughs> and I was so mad because I had like a thousand followers at this point, and it was like, oh, I was literally like I was on a another internet radio show like being interviewed with Matt Bronger and Matt Dwyer and I was just like that's where I found out about it and I was on this radio show just going oh my god what the hell I had a thousand I was really bummed out about it and I, which really which, I was also bummed because I was 40 years old and upset by something <laughs> like Twitter and and then so I created a new account and started getting followers again and then a week later it was just back out of like it had a runaway dog who just shows back up at your doorstep. 
So this is the original account. Well, at least it came back to you. Yeah. It didn't leave forever. It was meant to be. <laughs> I guess last up. Um. Okay. So you ha- you have a a web series. I'm gonna call it called uh-huh. Saturdays with Steve. What would you call it? Sort of. I don't know what I'd call it because I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> and it sprouted out of the AG5K, the whole me reading names off of Twitter, because people were like, hey, you should do something every Saturday on this streaming website. You know, <laughs> just turn on your camera and do something. And I was like, ah, oh, that might be fun. I mean, <laughs> I, as miserable as re- six hours of reading names was, I was like, I could sit down for half an hour and just hang out with people and... um you know, there's no pressure because people don't have to pay to watch it. Yeah. I'm not getting paid, so if someone doesn't like it, they can just turn off their <laughs> computer and go do something else. Yeah, and you're answering, is it like you're answering questions for people that are in, like, the chat room with you, or? Yeah, that's part of it, because um, this website, you know, I just basically found the first site I could that I could just stream video through, <laughs> and it was free, and it was Literally, like, within three minutes, I had made an account, plugged my camera in, and was, like, on the air. <laughs> and so, but part of it is you've got your video window, and then there's just a chat room. where Everyone who's watching can just chime in, and some people are idiots, and, uh, <laughs> you know, which is fine. And so, when, when nothing's going on, I'll just read what's going on in the <laughs> chat room and answer questions and stuff, and... Uh, uh, so that's what it is, and right now I'm just calling it Saturdays with Steve, um, but I don't know, it's kind of morphing, I don't know, <laughs> who knows, in, in another week I may not even want to do it anymore. <laughs> well, one day people will look it up online, and as long as Ustream doesn't have some secret contract where they own it all and they'll sell it on DVDs yeah. late night, yeah, then people exa- can go and check it out exactly for free. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing, you're, are you still working on the Barry AG experiment? Yes. I'm, <laughs> it's been such a long time. Last uh, December, I um, pitched an idea to Comedy Central for a web series with myself and Matt Barry from uh, The Mighty Boosh and Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and Snuffbox and IT Crowd. Uh, this big British actor that that I'm, I was kind of obsessed with and a huge He's fan amazing. of. And, <laughs> and so me and the director from Sarah's show managed to get him to come out and do a guest spot on, on Sarah Silverman last year. And uh, we just hit it off. And so Matt and I started, because Matt's a musician, and I was originally a musician, so one day Matt sent me a song that he had written about me, basically just insulting the hell out of me. <laughs> and so I immediately wrote a song back to him. And, and that went on for like a week. And then I was at Comedy Central pitching ideas. And I kind of just threw out like, hey, what if I did a web series where me and Matt Berry just make songs insulting each other? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And so uh, Matt was making the show The IT Crowd while this was all going on. So I kind of like got all my stuff finished and then was just waiting for Matt to finish because it was each of us doing two episodes. I did two videos and he did two videos. And my were done. And then Matt finished his show and um, and then, he's, then he shot his videos and sent them to me. And they were so good that I was like, I, oh my God, these are way better than my videos. And so I threw everything I had shot out and started over. And so I, I'm now, I, I think I'm finished with my videos and I sent the final one out to Comedy Central to get approval on and notes on 
like two weeks ago, and I'm still waiting to hear. Like they haven't gotten back to me. So once they give me the okay, you know, I'll ship it out to them, and uh, it, it'll probably be on you know Adam dot com. Uh, I'm assuming by the end of May. Um, I'm excited. I'm hoping for it. I was listening to all the songs last night and reading um, on your guys' MySpace. Like, there's a ton of people who are waiting for it. So yeah, there's I, we're waiting for it. <laughs> I just need the final okay from Comedy Central and Adam Films to just—it's sitting here on my computer, ready to go. <laughs> I, I can just send it to them, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll I, be waiting for that wonderful tweet. Yes, Barry Age Experiment is go. Yes, that'll be it. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for taking some time out to talk to us today. My pleasure. It was so much fun. Did you have fun? I hope you had fun. I had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> will you tweet about this? I will. I Yay. absolutely will. Yay. Maybe I should get Twitter so I can do whatever the at symbol is. I'm like 20 and I'm not even on it. I feel so bad, but I don't have a 3G phone. You'll and be I'm on just it. really lazy. I will. I'll get on it at the end like I did with everything else. Yeah. Well, you're just now getting on Friendster. Oh, yeah, I just opened it up, had my picture, but now I want to switch the picture, and I can't decide. Yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> All right, well, thanks so much for talking to us again, and you have a wonderful, uh, crap. You, you too. <laughs> Avoid the swine flu. You too. Okay, bye. bye.